Thank you, Brother Baxter. Good evening, friends. Very happy to be here this evening to represent again our dear Lord Jesus. I want to compliment you on that song as I was coming up, as you were singing it. My boy went up the top of the steps and come back down and said, Do you hear that? That was very beautiful singing. I've always said I love singing so well. When you ever get to heaven and when they're saying where they're singing at, that's where I'll be. <laughs> I like to hear it. I used to say in my church to my people, I would say over at the I believe I had a little mystic thing I was telling them, I said the river of life is coming down from the throne of God. It makes a bend down here. I said over on this side of the hill the great angelic choir great singers of all age are singing there day and night. I said over on this other side there's a little tree and I'll be sitting on that little tree listening when you want to find him. That was just merely just something that I'd say to my, my church. Whether it'll be that way or not, I do not know, but whatever it'll be, it'll be glorious as long as Jesus is there. It'll be, it'll be glorious. Tomorrow afternoon, the brother was telling me I was to speak at 2.30, I believe, tomorrow afternoon. And then tomorrow night is our closing service. We trust that it'll be a great thing to all of you, that God will help you and bless you, each one. And I'm, I just know he will. I'm just trusting him. Remember, this is one of my last American meetings. And so I'm just believing God that it's going to be a great thing. And the first time I ever had a service here in Pennsylvania, I met some friends this morning who was telling me about Brother Roberts, another brother that prays for the sick. I remember him sitting on the line, sideline. He watched the work. He came to me and said, Brother Bram, you think God will do that for me? I said, what do you mean, Brother Roberts? He said, answer prayer. I said, he will for anybody. That's right. And then Brother Osborne's been here. Many of you know Brother Osborne. Just love that boy. He was in my meeting the night over in, I believe it, um, is Portland, Oregon, when that maniac run to the platform. It was about nearly 300-pound man just out of an insane institution. His hated preachers. He'd hit a man a day before. There's after him. The law was. And he broke his collarbone, his jaw, and knocked him out in the street. And he dodged the law. And then he come in. There's 5,500 there that night. And I just walked to the platform. And I was just standing there speaking on believe. And all at once, somebody come running up through the platform, run up to the platform. There's about 300 ministers sitting in the back. And they all knew the man, and he had a gray suit on, a huge man. He come running up, just stomping like that real fast, and I could detect there was something wrong, but I never, you know, the first thing is the Word of God. That's first. That's where everything should be reverent when that Word is going forth. And then he ran to the platform and said, you hypocrite, said, you snake in the grass. He said, I'll show how much man of God you are. He said, I'll break every bone in your body. And I looked around to him, and I seen he was demon-possessed. And I just led two little police to Christ. was back in the waiting room, the dressing room. And uh, 
quickly they rushed the platform, I motioned to them. It wasn't a flesh and blood affair, it was between spirit power. And uh, I just went ahead with the, started with the message, and these ministers, 300 of them, started shrinking back. Brother Baxter was present, sitting there. I just had been made acquainted with him. Many ministers, I guess, that you all would know. And uh, Dr. Wyatt, you remember him? He's, he was there. And Booth, Brother Booth Clibberns, you remember him? He was there. And many of them. It's around in the Portland area. Uh, area. And oh, what a fellow that was. He turned around. He said, you hypocrite. said, you deceiver. He said, you stand up here and act like that before those people and impose yourself to be a man sent from God. He said, I'll show you how much you're sent from. He said, I'll break every bone in your frail body tonight. Well, physically speaking, he was certainly able to do it. And he weighed nearly 300 pounds, I suppose, about six foot two, arms about like that. And his eyes was sitting, his teeth scissoring together. I just kept on speaking. And he rushed towards me, run over to me, said, I'll break every bone in your body. And I turned around to look at him. Now, you better be sure you know what you're talking about in them times. There's no chance there for you to just to bluff yourself. You better just let God have his way. So I, he told me, he promised me when he sent me that he'd take care of me. So it's up to him to do it, you see. I just, you know, I, and he'll do it every battle. So I turned around to him. I just stood there a few moments, just a second or two. And he called me a snake in the grass again, a hypocrite. And I never said nothing, just looked up again. He said, tonight I'll break every bone in your body. And he said, oh, and spit right in my face like that. And I started to say something. I wouldn't do that, friends. I was going to say that. Instead of that, the angel of the Lord come whirling down. He said, tonight you'll fall over my feet. You'll bow to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that wasn't me. That was God. So both made their prophecies. Both made their challenges. Both spirits. Now, who was right was the next thing. He said, I'll show you how much your feet I bow to. And he run forward like that and drew back his big fist. And everybody was just spellbound. Of course, all those demons sitting there, that was their legion. I'm sure I'm talking to spiritual people. That was legions. It all went into this fellow like Goliath in the day of old. And he was, oh, he made that bold challenge. And he rushed forward and said, I'll see whose feet I fall over. And he drew back his big fist like that. I said, Satan, come out of the man. And what he did, he went, he made a great big scream, threw up his hands. His eyes went way out like that and fell around to the police. Had to pull him off of my feet where he pinned me to the floor. <laughs> they said, is that man dead? I said, no. What said, is he healed? I said, no. It's just God showing his power to make that demon bow to him. That was all. I said, he is not dead. How many has read it in the book? Oh, many of you have my book, the account of it. And it's uh, in those books, I wish we had some more, but we have. And you just send it to the office, and we'll have 10,000 again right away. And uh, Brother Osborne, his wife, was sitting there that night. So Brother Osborne, he said, he fastened himself up in a room and nailed the door. <laughs> he said, Lord, if you're still God like that, you can help me too. <laughs> the little fellow, and then a few weeks after that, he drove by, he and his wife, down to our home. 
He said, Brother Bram, you think God would bless me if I'd pray for the sick? I said, he'd bless anybody who'll pray for the sick. He said, well, here I go. I said, God be with you, brother. And he's sure done a great work for our Lord. Very humble, sweet brother. And I love him. And I understand that he's in the States again now. He's went overseas much with the, in the islands there and done a great work for our Lord. And if he's ever near... Well, I tell you, he's a good brother. You just go hear him. He's all right. And he's very sincere, and that's what it takes. And I remember slipping into one of his meetings one time. He didn't even know I was there. He said, now, you people come in prayer lines that I'm not Brother Branham. So don't ask me what's wrong with you. I don't know. He said, but I know the word says you heal you. <laughs> and he didn't even know I was there, and he never did know I was there. I just knew it was flew in and sat in the back of the building, went out that night. Well, he never knew I was there. But that's what I like is sincerity. See, sincerity. And to brothers that cheer, God will bless every one of you in your churches. You don't have to have healing campaigns, but God will bless you in your church if you pray for the sick. Every one of you. There. Now, as far as this spiritual discernment like that, there's, there's nine spiritual gifts in the church that... That's just maybe on one tonight and one the other, but there's, I say this with reverence, gifts and callings are without repentance. This will, there'll be, there's a gift in the church of discernment, that's true, see, but a prophetic gift is ordained before the foundation of the world to come forward. That'll never be until I die, it'll go for me to someone else, you see. But that, but now that doesn't take away the, the value of the Holy Spirit here to do anything that you want him to do. That's right. And every brother and the, every person has got a right to pray for the sick that believes in praying for the sick. That, that's true. Now, if you'll notice, in the Pentecostal realms and in the realms of all religions, there's supposed to be in the body of Christ nine spiritual gifts. Do you believe that? Now, that's, now, if you'll notice, God in sundry times and diverse places, manners, spoke to the fathers by the prophets in this last day by his son, Christ Jesus. Now, there's a body, and in this body we're baptized by the Holy Spirit into this body and made partakers of God and of eternal life through the gift of God, which is the free gift of God is given to whosoever will let him come. Now, that puts us in the body, and when we're in the body... In that body is nine spiritual gifts operating, see. And it will come up on one. I hear, I better leave this subject alone. <laughs> uh, see, I never come here to teach. I, I come here to talk, to pray for the sick. It might be a little against your theological teaching, you see. But anyhow, God be with you and help you and bless you is my prayer. All right. Now, do you love him? He's just as wonderful, my, he just loves you, everyone, and I'm sure you love him, because there's a great fellowship of the Spirit here tonight, and it's just too bad we have to leave tomorrow. I wish we could stay a month and see what would happen, you see, till we just, the first, it's all new, and then it just settled, it looked like it takes two or three nights to get the, uh, the powers of the enemy, you know, Christians come in sometime. And they, they think, well, I, I just have to see it, that's all. And then the next night they're wondering, well, how could it be done? And about the third or fourth night they're ready to say, well, Lord, here I am. <laughs> well, and that time, then it's time for me to go. But when I come back from Africa, the good Lord willing, 
I don't aim to have any more of these rush, push, and shove, and a handful of shirts, and grab a plane. I'm, I'm going to go where the Lord tells me and stay right there till He says leave. If I have to stay out on the street corners or get a feel out from some farmer, we would just stay right there till the Lord says it's time to go. If He can show me what's wrong with people in their lives, He can show me where to go and what to do and how long to stay. And I've been so tied up, oh, I got into. Well, at first, when I left the Baptist church to be interdenominational, to help bring the brethren together, to do all that I could, see, I believe that we're all brethren in Christ. And I don't believe we should be separated. It's all right to have different churches and all little beliefs, but that, does, that isn't the fundamental part. The thing of it is we are brethren. See. We are together. We're all born into one body. Now, I've got, a, I've got had nine brothers. Two of them are, are gone. And, and there's none of them that looks like me or probably acts like me, but they're my brothers. <laughs> and so, family speaking, we're all Branhams because we were born in the Branham family. And we're all brothers when we're born into Christ. And I believe that soon my, the Lord is going to let me have a, out where I can be free. Brother Baxter and I have talked it over. And I started in... And we, I organized a little paper called The Voice of Healing. They still have it here. Well, I found out in that then that there's lots of finances and things hooked up to it. And I washed my hands of that stuff a long time ago. So The Voice of Healing is not my paper. I have nothing to do with it. Not at all. That belongs to Brother Lindsay, Shreveport, Louisiana. And I come to find out I got into that and... I thought I was getting out of organizations, and I got into one. <laughs> it was still just almost organized down to every one of them in there. And so I just, I belong to just the Lord Jesus. And then I can come, go anywhere I wish to. And whatever he leads me to do, I can be free. Brother Rock, how many takes that voice of healing? Let's see your hand. It's a very lovely little paper. How many takes that healing waters of Brother Roberts? There's another fine paper. And I believe... Uh, isn't Brother Osborne got one called the Voice of Calvary? Or isn't that something like that? Something of the Voice of Calvary? Or some, he sent it to me. I think he just prints it ever so often. He has a, a quarterly or something like that. They're very fine papers. And, and may God prosper. And I believe the scripture says you're publish his doings or something. So that's fine for those men who has education. And able to go ahead and do that, why? Well, I'm. That's good. But for myself, I'm not eligible to do such. I have a very poor education. Grammar school, seventh grade is that. You know that without me telling you. <laughs> You're not long ago. I was over at Fort Wayne over here, and I was just got through the service, and I walked back in the back, and there'd been a little girl had been healed there that was blind. How many takes, uh, how many have seen this year, We the People, the book We the People? Did you see the article in it? It's an international book, and it, it's a widely spread publications, and it goes all over the world, translated in many different languages. And my article was in there on the religious section. And then there was, uh, how many takes the Assembly of God paper, that uh, what, Pentecostal Herald, is that what it is? Or the, Evangel, Pentecostal Evangel, how many takes that? Did you see the article in there, the little girl from Fort Wayne? Well, it was just right after that would happen. I was back behind the curtains, and there was a man back there, I believe, that had more education and 
He just knew what to do with <laughs> He sure was punching me hard. <laughs> he said, Brother Branham, the very idea, you use the poorest grammar. I said, I know it. <laughs> and he said, he said, well, your grammar's terrible to stand with crowds like you do. And said, your grammar's so terrible. I, yes, sir. I said, I know that. I said, I was born in a poor family and had to work all my life. I said, I didn't get a chance. He said, oh, that's no excuse now. You're a man. I said, well, uh, that's right, brother. And I said, but when I got to be a man, I said, the Lord called me in this work. And I just, I've got to spend all my time praying for the sick people. I said, he said, oh, there's no excuse for that. He said, my, I hear you. He said, it's a shame a word that you use. He said, correct yourself now. He said, I heard you say out there tonight, all you people passing by this pole pit. And said, well, that's terrible, Brother Branham. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. I guess that's right. He said, now that people appreciate you more if you'd say pulpit instead of pulpit. And... <laughs> He kind of punched me a little hard, you know, and I said, Brother, look, I love you. I said, I think you're a wonderful man. But those people out there don't care whether I say pulpit or pulpit. They want me to live the right kind of life and produce what I'm talking about. I said, that, that's what And I said, then they have, that's, thank you. Thank you. That, I believe that's right. Now, I'm not trying to support my ignorance, but it's, friends, you don't have to have a great education to know God. See? Frankly, education's been one of the worst hindrances that the gospel of Christ has ever had. I say that with respect and reverence, that's right. The worst hindrance. In the Garden of Eden, there were two trees. One of them was the knowledge, and the other was the tree of life. And when man left the tree of life and took the first bite off the tree of knowledge, he separated himself from God. And now he bit off gunpowder, destroys himself. He bit off electricity, pulling the coal from the earth, beneath it, 8,000 miles of burning volcano. And these. Now he's bit himself off automobile, kills more people in all the wars. He's got himself a hydrogen bomb now. I wonder what he's going to do with that. He's still biting from that tree of knowledge. And every time he bites, he just separates himself away, he destroys himself. And God is not known by knowledge. God's known by faith. By faith, you believe. Not try to figure it out, you just believe. And that's the way God is known. God bless you. Now, can we bow our heads? Heavenly Father, just to stand at this platform and speak these few words just without, just informal, we just thank you for that, to get a chance to say, express our thoughts to the people and hear them respond back. It does my heart good to know that, Father. That these dear people sitting here are your children, and we've gathered together in the name of your Son, which promised that if two or three will gather, I'll be in their midst. We are here, and just in a few moments now, we're to turn the pages of this dear old book called the Bible. I'm to read from it, Lord. Some of serfs there from days gone by, and I pray, Father, that you'll make it manifest to us tonight, and when we leave the building tonight, and start down the streets to our different places. Uh, may, may we say within our hearts, did not our hearts burn within us? Because the resurrected Christ was there with us. May many of these sick, we feel the great pressure just at this time pulling from the dying laying here. Some can't live very long. They have heart trouble and cancer. 
tubercular, many other diseases that will quickly take their life if you do not let them have enough faith tonight to accept the provided way that you've made for them. God, may the angels come down tonight, stand by every patient in the building. Hear me, Father. And if your humble servant has found favor before you, then answer my prayer. And may this be a night of nights, Lord. This Saturday night, just before the dawning of the Sabbath. God grant that now, that the night that the angels, or legions of them, will come down into this building. May every unkind thought, everything that's not faith, be pushed back. And may there be such a respond and a combustion of faith until the cripples will raise up from the chairs. May ever cancer be healed, ever tuberculosis, ever heart trouble. And may the glory of God so fill the building that it'll be like the days of old when Solomon dedicated the temple and the Holy Ghost came in or the fire and settled down over the altar. May the great angel of God who has guided thy servant now spread forth his wings over this building here. And may the dewdrops of the mercy and healing powers of God drip upon each soul until faith goes surpasses all doubt up into the realms beyond the God wake us up from the sense bound dreams that we're in. May we go beyond this fear up into this the place where all things are possible. There lay hold on eternal life and on divine healing and tonight walk out of here victorious. In Christ Jesus, for we ask it in his name, amen. Now, as I open this blessed old word, it just means so much to me. I wish to read a, a quotations of different ones of our Lord. I wish first to read... Our Lord speaking of his and the vindication, God speaking of his son. It's found in St. John, the fourth chapter, beginning with the 14th verse. Jesus and his conversation at the well. But whosoever drinketh of the waters that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him well of water springing up into eternal life or everlasting life pardon me the woman said unto him sir give me this water that I thirst not neither come hither to draw Jesus said unto her go call thy husband and come hither the woman answered and said I have no husband Jesus said unto her Thou hast said, Well, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, in thou saidest truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And over in the book of St. John, the first chapter, beginning with the 42nd verse, we read this. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip, and saith unto him, Follow me. Philip was of Bethesda, city of Andrew and Peter. 
Philip findeth Nathanael, and said unto him, We have found him whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and said unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, the King of Israel. And in the fifth chapter and the 36th verse, God speaking of his Son first, vindicating his claims. The next was John speaking of him. Now the Son speaks for himself. 36th verse of the fifth chapter. But I have greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. That's three witnesses. John speaking, God speaking for him, and he speaking for himself. Three witnesses that he was sent of God to fulfill the works of of God. And now he is the same today, and it's written that in this day the things that we now see and hear were to be here, and it's all to fulfill what the Lord has said. All scriptures is given by inspiration, and is the fulfillment must come quickly as the time draws near. Who would have thought a few years ago your great grandfather, when he met his neighbor, and he said, you know, it's written in the Bible that there's going to be a time when the horseless carriages will jostle through the Broadway, they'll rage, they'll run like lightning. Why? Maybe his critical neighbor said, well, John has just a little bit off in his mind. He's read too much in the Bible. But his grandchildren are riding in one of those things tonight. See, when God speaks, it's forever, it's forever settled in heaven, then that's got to come to pass. And now Jesus came, and his healing was to fulfill the ministry of Elijah and all the prophets from the foundation of the world. He was the fulfillment of that. The law and prophets were until John, since then the kingdom of heaven. Now, tonight, the Holy Spirit is in his church to fulfill what the New Testament said that would come to pass in the last days. And you see the people on the streets and around who criticize and say those things are not right. Just feel sorry for them. For that is the people. Maybe there's got to be somebody on that side. And remember, there'll be more than you are, than we are. See, in the last days, scoffers will come. And the Bible said if they'd come in the last day, they'd be religious people. They'd be high-minded, 
lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God and incontinent and despisers of those that are good, they called you holy roller or anything they could. Just to make fun of you. Holy roller, despisers of those that are good. Having a form of godliness, they go to church, the Sunday school, but would deny the power thereof. Now, that wasn't to be in that day. That's to be in this day. The Spirit speaks expressly in the latter times. That was the ending. As in, and here's what it is. The Antichrist spirit is not the communistic spirit. The Antichrist spirit is a religious spirit. I have delivered my soul. That's what God was wanting me to right there. Amen. Father, we thank Thee. Now, I, I am Your servant, and I believe with all of my heart, as sure as I believe I'm standing here with my hand on Your Word, that that's what You wanted me to say, and I waited, stumbling around, until You spoke the Word. Now, we thank You, Lord, and we pray that You'll let men and women here tonight be careful, walk careful, for we know it's written in these days of what would come to pass. And true to my mind now, it comes afresh that over in the book of Matthew, Jesus said the two spirits would be so close together it would deceive the very elect, if possible. And Father, we know that those things are now. And we thank Thee, and may we have this warning in our heart to watch everything that we do. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank Thee. Amen. Now, last evening, and Mr. Baxter told me that tonight he was, was leaving just a little early. I wanted to give a testimony. Do, do I uh, make it miserable for you to hold you here long enough to give a testimony? If I do, I'm, I'm awfully sorry. And I've just got to wait just a little while to kind of get my audience settled. And then it's so much greater when we go to pray for the sake. And I'm just looking for God to do something marvelous tonight. I've asked him this afternoon. I asked him if he would do it. And I asked him if he would help and if he would once more. Now, last night was the only night that I had seen that was really coming down like the real meeting. But there was a real spontaneous flare of faith. The room before me lit up and I was unconscious for quite a bit till they got me out in the street and it was raining and my little boy kept talking to me and I didn't talk back. So he just opened up the window and the rain blew in on me and I kind of come to myself. I've seen the time when I walk for, to get me out on the street, walk me for hours. See, it's not when you're up there. It's not when you're down here. It's between them places is what does it. It was kind of hard for me to understand that at first. Maybe I'm taking too much time. He's already come to the platform. <laughs> All right, I'm going to finish this testimony if the Lord willing. <coughs> And our part of it, and then tomorrow evening, I'll try to get some more of it. I was speaking last evening of being over in Finland. Or I mean, in, in England, I believe, where the Mrs. Florence Nightingale was healed. Wasn't that where I left off? Is on our European trip. And we went from there, and just as soon as I touched the soil of the other country, it seemed like the angel of the Lord hardly left me day and night. It would constantly, now Mr. Baxter here and all of them know, we'd go downtown, we'd be sitting there. And I'd say, Brother Baxter, on the road up, there's going to be a, a two women come out and they'll come from the corner. They'll be dressed this way and they'll ask a certain thing. And then we'll go a little farther and there'll be a man come down from out of the stair. He'll go to ask a certain thing. There'll be different things that'll happen. And 
you just asked him. It never fails to be just that way. And then here recently at Cleveland, Ohio. I wonder if there's anybody here who was at the Cleveland meeting. Well, wonderful. Now, you probably heard this. This is a little vindication. Sonny, this is Saturday night. They just have to go to church in the morning, so that's all right. <laughs> Attend your post of duty in the morning. And look, to all the pastors, if they don't even cooperate with the meeting, you've been coming here, you give them my love and regards. Will you do that? And tell them that from my heart, I love them, and I trust that God will just bless their ministry, and maybe they grow in your church, just grow and prosper, and take good news to your churches in the morning, everywhere. And you strangers here, you've seen the pastors here on the platform, and so forth, go into their churches tomorrow for Sunday school, and have a glorious time, is my blessing to you. Now, this uh, in Cleveland, it was a little remarkable case there. And many times it happens and things take place. I don't say nothing about it and just go ahead and just watch it because I feel like sometimes I say too much to the people anyhow. And then when we were sitting at, at a luncheon and maybe some of the ministers were present and they kept asking me, Brother Branham, how do you know those things? I said, I see it just like I'm looking at you. So... And there's one man there. He may be sitting here tonight. He was a rich man. He runs a bumper place where they make bumpers for cars. And he said, uh, Brother Branham said, you with that little bitty tent down there of about three or 4,000 people and the first ring or two comes around, the rest of the people drive away. Said, if you'd come up to the auditorium where you could seat the people, hundreds come by every night and they can't get in. Want to get off from work and have their dinner while they're down there and they can't get in. He said, I tell you, I think it costs around 1900 for one night in the place. He said, I'll pay for it if you just come to prove it. I said, brother, if you pay for a year, I couldn't go until God tells me to go. And so I said, on this, outside of that itinerary, I'm under obligation to my brother, written contract. I said, until that runs out, I'm under obligation to them. He said, well, you'll have extra two or three days said, come back for one day. I said, if the Lord will provide. And that morning sitting there at the breakfast, they asked me a different question. I believe a Ukrainian minister asked me, said, how is that seen? I said, well, for instance, now I'll be standing looking. I said, here, how many knows Brother Bowen from down there? Brother Bowen? And he was present. And I don't know who the brother was I come with. He had a big blue Cadillac. And, and so, and I got in the car and we drove down and and I said, now, here's what's going to happen that you might know with these ministers standing there. I said, now, on the road going up the street, we're going to be a lady cross the street with two little children with little check addresses on with their little hair. What did you call it? Sweeped up or whatever, up like that in the back, you know, and tied on top. And um, some of these funny hairdos, I can't say nothing because I haven't got anything to do. So they... Um, <laughs> um, uh, they fixed it up at the top. I said, it'd be two little girls, and they'll be leading those little girls. And so they, I said, then we're going to get in the car. Instead of going back in a blue car, we're going to get in a red-looking car. And then we're going to be on the street, and we're going to pass three young ladies in long costumes. And that comes to pass, then I have the right-of-way and God's permission to return for the service. Well, here, Brother Lindsay and all of us were going along, Brother Bowen, several of the ministers talking. One of the little girls crossed the street about three squares away from the place we were having breakfast. I said, see them? <laughs> and there, he said, oh my. And we went down there. And I don't know what, I believe, it's what happened to the Cadillac. 
But we had to get in the other car. And it was Brother Bowen's car, and it was a red-looking car. And we turned out, and you know they have a mounted police there. And we were supposed to turn left coming out of the lot. Instead of going left, Brother Bohun raised there in the city, turned right the wrong way on a one-way street. And a big Irish cop over there on a horse. Oh, my. He caught him. And I mean, he really told him. We was all sitting there, and he said, well, you're from the city here, so there's no excuse for you. Brother Bowen said, that's right, sir. That's right. And was telling him how sorry he was. He said, we're ministers. He didn't care what we was. <laughs> he was just tearing him up. And we sat there about three minutes, and that cop just, just go to tear him up. And just then, coming from around the corner, stepped across the street, come the three young ladies with a costume. And we had to. He had to hold us that long to bring it to pass. See? And when I passed by, I punched Brother Bowen. I said, look, brethren, there they are. And everybody said, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And that cop said, you crazy people, get away from here. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> well, they thought we were crazy, but <laughs> I believe St. Paul told Agrippa, said, in the way that's called heresy, so worship I the God of our fathers. I'm glad to join with him tonight, aren't you? <laughs> but that cop didn't know what they were, they were again screaming and speaking with tongues and going on. I never heard such a bunch. Because there come the three ladies, young ladies with them long after uh, supper or ever, some kind of a costume, you know. Uh, dinner, I believe you call it up here, excuse me. Down south, I can't get this fixed up. When I come up here, they have dinner about 5 o'clock. We have dinner at 12 o'clock. This is supper. <laughs> they call that, I think I missed a meal through the day. <laughs> so anyhow, just whatever, it's all right. And... They passed by with those long gowns on, and there they went. I said, now we will return. And that time when we returned, there was as many as three times what was in the tent there that night. See, he just approved. But see how God will do, how that cop, how Brother Bowen lived there in the city. How many's heard that, them testified the tent that night? There they are. All right. And his, well, Brother Bowen happened to be here. That He might even be here. Some of them ministers there. If it is, why? I wouldn't know. And um, anyhow, that's, those things have just happened daily. Now we were in Finland, or England. We flew to Finland right away to start. And at Helsinki, we had a marvelous congregation. The Finnish people are so lovely and sweet. And many times when I think about how poor they are there and how much that we rich the Americans had, we should be ashamed of ourselves. That's right. Those poor people... This is a Finnish woman come on the platform the other night, and I was trying to keep myself under an awning, but when she passed, she said, Humelan Raha, that's God's peace upon you. And I said, Keep this to her, mean thank you. And so I just, we went in there, and they, they don't, if you American women had to dress the way they dress, great big thick skirts on, great big boots they wear, and everything they get, they have to trust God for it. They're right there on that borderline. That's the battlefields. And what a, a pity. And I seen the other day, I was in California, and a woman was sitting in, paid $8 for a plate of something. Or other, and some women, and they were mincing around, just taste a little bit. They left it, sat there and played $8 for it. They raked it all off in the garbage can. I thought, a many little finished child tonight, little dirty hands ringing in its little eyes would be happy to have that piece of bread that they raked off in that garbage can. 
you know, we don't deserve that American people. I'm an American from generation to generation. There's this, when I was flying over France a few weeks ago, I just looked down. I thought these are many American dead along there, or many a, a Branham laying along there that died for the cause. And if it comes my turn, I'm ready to go like they do. That's right. But, oh, brother, sister, we need some correction here. That's right. It isn't the robin that pecks on the worm, on the apple that hurts it. It's the worm at the core that kills the apple. It isn't Russia's going to hurt us. It's our own degrading of our morals among us is what's killing us. The termites is eat the foundation out from under our civilization. And I know there was many gathered there at the Mesa Holly. It seated several thousand people. And I got a picture there where they were standing, I believe, for about four to six city blocks, many deep, at three o'clock in the afternoon, waiting, trying to get in to the mess of Holly, when they'd empty up and then different ones come in. And we was going to Colpio from there. And to get this instant here, one of them comes on my mind now, that happened. God, usually in the room, he'll show me something's going to happen. I'll tell the people, it may be a week or two weeks. Maybe a month, maybe six months before it comes to pass. Maybe just a few hours. And maybe I'll get a phone call in a few minutes. And there will be right there the very thing he'll show me. And um, maybe the woman sitting at the phone. I'll say, don't you have on a dark dress or something? Yes. If certain, certain, yes. I, and have you live in a house, right along on the side of the walls a certain thing. Just sit right from the phone call. Like that. And tell them, the Lord has healed you. And so I was had a vision in Miami, Florida. And many of you people here tonight probably have this wrote in your Bible. And I seen a real hilly country. And a little boy was killed by an accident. And he's about eight or ten years old. He had funny cut hair, brown eyes, fat face, and very poorly dressed. And he was run over something. He was all disfigured up. And I seen the Lord Jesus send his angel and bring the life back to that boy. Well, I was in Miami, Florida, and I told the vision to the people, and I said, now the thing to do is to write that out in your Bible. How many remember hearing me say that before it come to pass? Have a witness? Yes, look all over the building. That's fine. And, and I said, write it in your Bible, for thus saith the Lord. You'll notice it, and it will appear in the voice of healing. You remember me saying that? It will appear in the voice of healing. A little boy, and I described how he looked. About three nights of the service, and they sent me back in the back, said a little boy got drowned out here, and a father has been in your service, and he will not permit the undertaker to move the little boy until you come and see if that was his son. I said, I'll be happy to go. I went back there. The little fellow's about five years old, and he had real black hair, well, I said, no, that's not the little lad. I said, this little boy was not drowned. It was an accident. And I offered prayer for consolation for the family and returned back. I went out through the West and over through Canada and down in every meeting I testified. It was wrote in hundreds and hundreds of Bibles. I said, now you take your pencil and write in the Bible this, that I said this so when it comes to pass, you'll know it. That's the only vision I said I have. It's not come to pass, but it will be. I said, where, when, I do not know, but it will be. Thus saith the Spirit of God. For he showed it, and it can't fail. And I said, it's not impression. It was a vision. I've seen it. It's going to be just that way. And so we, uh, I went ahead and testified of that long time, about a year before it come to pass. And we went up to Helsinki 
uh, from Helsinki to Kuopio is the land, kind of the midnight sun near up there. And I know in the middle of the night, it was nothing like this dark. And, uh, and then along up this time of year, why it, the sun doesn't go down at all. It just goes low and comes back again. And the people were still poorer up in there than they were down around Helsinki, but just as lovely as they could be. And if we went up on a train, now if their provincial would be a Finnish person in this building, my dear friend and Christian fella, don't think that I'm degrading your country. If we American people had in our hearts the love of God that you have from your country with the, the things that we have, it'd be a, the millennium would be on almost here. That's right. But we got plenty. We just don't trust. We just let it go. It's just kind of carefree. You wouldn't walk across the street. Don't you think in Finland, they came by the tens of thousands. No cars. They walked. They hitchhiked. The papers carried it. The bundles on their back. Cripples. They wheeled one another in any way they could get in. A fellow wrote a little old thing that chugged along like that, I believe, 4,000 miles to get to the meeting. God healed him while he was there. God will respect faith everywhere it's at. And I, some of those things just tear down in the middle of me when I think of it. And I remember we went up on that little old train and they'd give us the best they had. And I, I went up on that little old train first class. And I'm telling you, friends, you American people is like the, the iron pony that they had in the early days. They didn't have coal to burn. They put wood in the tender to burn to make their steam. And Brother Baxter said had square wheels. He was so fat in the way it would roll and toss him through the night. And they went, oh, it was poor little people. And they just, but they were just, what they had was yours. They were free hearted. And, and when we got off up there, went into the auditorium to have the service. Oh, what a crowds of people gathered my. And I remember the second day. There had been some wonderful healings take place. And the Holy Spirit, here's the way it would work. Now, see, it all had to be translated. Miss Isaacson was our translator and the best that I ever seen in my life. Brother Baxter, as rapid as he preaches, she'd follow him right there with his sermon and translation with the, uh, the best I ever knew of. And she would interpret for me. And I'd be standing there and the Spirit would come up on me. I'd say, here sits a person here. Now, if you notice, always in talking to people, I never look at them too long because when the anointings only brings a person right to you, you see, and I always keep looking from side to side. I look at a person and catch like that and would tell them just where they was at and what they had done and all about their life and what was wrong with them. And I'd be speaking in English and she'd be interpreting that person, raise and scream right like that. Just exactly. Oh, he's wonderful. And I remember that one night coming in. Well... I went up on the hill at, at Copio, and we was coming down as a fast day. I fast much because meetings going on until I get real weak, and then I have to eat a little. But because this kind cometh out only by fast and prayer, and I don't know what time that kind's going to be on the platform. So then I was up there, and they were singing on Golgotha. It's a Russian song, and two or three Russians was over there, and those people let me drop this. Those Russians would follow me, and when I'd come by, they'd just stop, and the tears would just run down their cheeks like that when I'd pass by them. They'd stand attention like that, and I'd go by They'd look and just cry. Look, brother, 
It isn't the fourth term. It isn't the big four is the answer. Christ is the answer. They, I was an American. They was Russians. But the love of Christ is in our hearts and we love one another. There was the embassies there with guards and the iron curtain and so forth. And them Finns and Russians right at one another's throat. But the Christians had their arms around one another heart to heart. Why can't people see that? The God of this world has blinded their eyes. This is the kingdom of the devil. Isn't that a big mouthful? But that's the truth. Every kingdom of the world is controlled by the devil. When Jesus takes over, the king... Revelations. Look, when Jesus was taken in the Spirit, I know you didn't get that, so I better explain it. When Jesus was taken up on the high mountain by Satan, he let him look down through the stream of time and showed him all the world and the kingdoms thereof and said, they're mine. Is that right? And I'll give them to you if you'll fall down and worship me. Is that right? Jesus knew he'd inherit them anyhow. He said, get thee hence, Satan. And then over in Revelation, said, Rejoice, you heavens and you holy prophets, for the kingdom of this world has become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And as long as they're controlled by Satan, they've got that satanic thoughts and powers, they'll fight until Jesus comes and there'll be a stone hewed out of the mountain someday without hands that'll break these world kingdoms into pieces and there'll come a kingdom out of there. Hallelujah. I'm glad tonight I'm a candidate of that kingdom. Yes, sir. And then there will be no more war. There will be no more war after that. And now those who are in that fellowship of that kingdom, there's no war between them. A chaplain told me when he was in a consecration camp in Japan, said he was out there one day and he knew he belonged as a holiness brother. And he said he knew probably he would die in that camp. He was getting so hungry and they wouldn't feed him and, and old mold bread and stuff. And said he walked out there, money him out there and he raised up his hands and said, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And knelt down and said, Oh God, I've served you with all my heart. Now, if you want me to go home to glory from this place, starve, said, I'm ready to go. And he raised up and he happened to notice that little Jack walking like this and keep watching and walking like that, the sentry walking by and said, it looked like he wanted to see him. So he just walked over close. When he passed by, I said, you Christian? He said, yes, said, me Christian too. Uh, now... Uh, them brothers would have tore that cage down and put their arms around one another a war had been over, you see. But the kingdoms of this world are dominated by the kingdoms, by the powers of Satan. See, they're going to fight, but someday, me Christian too will be all of us. Amen. That'll be wonderful. There's the answer to all. And up there, I come down off of the Copio Tower. And when I did, they were singing up there. And an Englishman from England, a buyer, was up there. And he was so drunk. And he heard that song on Golgotha. And all their songs are in minor. And when he came down, why, he was weeping. And we went over to him and talked to him. He could speak English. And we led him to Christ there on the hill. And Brother Baxter and them said, come on in now. Or not Brother Baxter. Brother Baxter wasn't along that day. Brother Lindsay. And he said, now, come on, let's eat. There's about 30 ministers up there. And I said, no, I can't eat. I don't want to eat until after 6 o'clock. We sat down. And I listened to them talk and everything through the interpreter. And I said to Brother Lindsay and Brother Moore coming out, I said, something's fixing to happen. I said, I just feel it. That something's going to happen. And I said, I don't know what. 
and we got in the cabs, and they don't have many cabs in Finland. Most of them are horse-driven. So we was coming down in a car, and down at the bottom of the hill, there was an accident that happened, and a car, an American-made 35-model Ford sedan, had struck two school children running at the speed of 60 miles an hour. And the two little boys are going across the street. There's not many cars, so they were... And it started this way, and they seen the car coming, and they started to run back, and one run this way and one this way, and the fender, the driver, swung to the right. And when he did, it hit the little boy by the chin over this way, and just turned him over and smashed him up the side of a tree and concussed his little head in that way. And the other little boy had knocked him straight forward as he gave the twist and run over him and mashed him under the wheels and kicked his little body up in the air when the wheels would say he'd lost control of it and just threw down on his exhilarator instead of his brake. And it just, the little boy's body just rolled up like that and flew up in the air and went out in the street and fell like that. Oh, just mashed the little fellow. And we were way up on the hill way away and we seen the accident happen and then people began to run from the school and it was quite a little bit about 15 minutes till we got down to where the little boys were and they'd done took one little boy I didn't know there was but one of them but uh, the other one they'd done got him in another car and got him away and there's no more cars there and I drove up or they drove up rather and brother Moore when he got out he started weeping come running back to the car said brother Branham and brother Lindsay here he come he had a little boy too and my Billy Paul, I hadn't seen him for a long time, and Billy's mother, you know, is dead, and I've been both mother and daddy both to him, and I, I packed him around with his bottle against my bosom here to keep it warm in the cold weather and crying, walking up and down the streets. You've read my life story. Like, I don't know what to do, and the little bitty fellow leaning on my shoulder, and I, he's always scared when I go away. Of course, he's almost a young man now. And, but I thought of him. What if that would be him? And what if I'd, a telegram would come across the sea and say, Billy Paul was crushed in a car wreck and he's laying dead, wanting you to come home. And oh, how I begin to think how that poor mother, they'd gone after her. And there the little fellow laid there with a the coat over his face. They said, come look at him. I couldn't look at that child. I just sat there and I was just shaking like that. And Brother Lindsay just holding his a breath like that and crying. He's got a little boy too. And so finally I took a look at the little boy just go to pick him up and we had to take him to a, a place. Now if I hadn't have been so excited I'd have caught it right away. And as soon as I stepped out of the car Mr. Eisen said isn't that terrible? So then people said there's that miracle worker from America let's see what he'll do on this case. And I said well it's just people who didn't understand. And the chief man of the city I guess the, kind of like a mayor of the city he was there. And so we, we went, I went over there, and they looked, and oh my, poor little fellow in there, his mouth open like that, his little eyes open, his little hands like this. And they wear those little, I guess they used to call them little panty waists for boys, you know, and he had a big heavy rib stockings, and his little shoes was knocked off of his feet, and one of his little feet that was twisted up like this was run plumb through his little foot, run through his, his stocking at the bottom. Oh, he was uh, just horrible in there. And eyes open like that, and I said, poor little fella. And that just made it worse. And I let's go to put him into the car. And as I started to turn around, I looked in front of the little boy. I felt something go. I said, maybe that's just my sympathy for the little fellow. I started to make another step. Something like, 
I waited just a moment. I turned around. I said, let me see that boy again. And they pulled back the, the coat they had laying over him. I said, I've seen that boy somewhere. I said, that, ask those ministers if he's been in the church, remember their church. No. I said, has he ever been in the prayer line? Brother Lindsay said, no. I said, I've seen him somewhere. And I don't know where, but it still looks like. I looked around, I seen them big rocks piled up laying there. I said, praise God, I don't know where I saw him. I said, Brother Moore, get your Bible. Brother Lindsay? So what's the matter, Brother Branham? I said, look at the folder of the leaf in your Bible. I said, that's the little boy that's going to be raising the dead. And they, Brother Moore run with the car and got his Bible. He said, brown hair, brown eyes, about eight years old, poorly dressed, crippled, been um, mashed by accident, a rocky land. I said, Brother Branham, that's it. I said, that's him. Oh, my. You don't know how that feels. You know where you're at, then. All devils out of hell. If he'd lie and everything, he wasn't hell up around and never stop it. It's there. It's got to happen. Now the only thing's just drama. I said, now I remember I knelt to this side in the vision when I prayed. You have to do just as you've seen it. And I knelt down. They all gathered around. I said, now watch. Thus saith the Spirit of God, this boy's life will return to him. And there he'd been dead. They'd taken his pulse and everything. He's gone. So, and all mashed up like that. And I knelt down. I said, Heavenly Father, many thousands of miles across the sea, in that lovely nation where I come from, America. I said, down there that night when you moved into that room in that lovely place and told me that this would be, and I've testified of it, and stood and said that you'd bring it to pass. And now thy servant sees the day that is to be fulfilled. I said, I thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the power of vision. And I thank thee for all your goodness. And now, eternal God, author of life and giver of all good gifts, I ask you to bless this scene with your presence. And when the angel of the Lord began to move down, I said, O holder of this boy's spirit, death, according to a vision that God has already showed that you cannot hold this child, therefore I call for his little soul to return to him in the name of Jesus Christ. No more than I said that, the boy jumped to his feet just as normal and well as he could be, just as perfect and normal and whole as he could be. That's wrote throughout Finland, everywhere. It's scattered abroad, I tell you. That was in the evening time. The other boy, I'll get it tomorrow night. One more little thing. I see I've got about six minutes. I'll try to get it quickly. Oh, when I went into the service that night, the other little boy was laying, dying. I didn't know it. And the mother just screaming and crying, trying to get to go down there to that little boy. Everywhere they talked, it, it went over. I don't know how it ever got because you can't broadcast news like that or anything in Finland. It's just all strictly otherwise. And then... The first thing, you know, I went into the bit, started to go to church that night, and the, the fame of our Lord had spread so that he was in the midst of the people until way down three city blocks below where the auditorium was, the streets were just packed like that, and you couldn't get near it. And some, they had the militia out, the Finnish soldiers, 
and some of them little teeny boys that look like they never even shaved in their life. And the poor little fellows, and they formed a little group to take me down through the line. And I was going down, and they were pushing people along to let me get in. So when I got to the place and started going where the services was, I'll never forget this. Poor Finnish people stand there. They would just start crying. Soldiers stand attention. And now just a moment, and I'm going to call the prayer line now. I was going into the auditorium, and the ladies... A dormitory or restroom, such as it was. I, they'd close the doors, the officers behind me, there's two in front and two in the back. And I was going walking in, and the doors closed. And I looked, and a door opened over here at the restroom, and a little Finnish girl stepped out. And I'll never forget that looks of that little thing. Now, I just love little children. They used to give me some of that Finnish money. And I, after they'd all get in the auditorium, I'd go down the street and find them little Finn children, you know, and I'd give them this, this money to buy candy with. And I'd have a string of kids, two city blocks long, bottom in there. And they had little, their little skirts, the little Finn girls. Now, do you, the American girls, she had no control And she had a, a brace on either side of her, up like and, and in the pole, I'll get it here, in the pole of her shoe, like right here, she had a snap. And the snap come up on this right foot, is her right limb, and went up here, went across her shoulder, and hooked back here in the back to the back of the brace, and the brace around like this and down like here, and she had two crutches, and the way she'd walk, she'd set the two crutches out. And then she'd swing her shoulder, and that would pull that toe out, and set that stiff brace down where her limb was free in the brace and she could make her steps down on crutches and that's the way she walked. And when the little thing come out there just about so high, you all, many of you know one senior picture, it's in my book there. I'll be. And when they come out and she, she looked at, at me and a little ragged cut hair and her little skirt hanging down, just tags hanging from it, ragged. And when she looked, she opened the door and set her crutches out and looked out. And she seen me. She jumped. She bowed her little head down. Tears dropped off of her cheeks. I knew that child wanted to come to me. But she'd been warned they had not to come, you know. And I stopped. And them soldiers started pushing me on. I shook my head. No. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I motioned for her. I know she wanted to come over there. And I just motioned for her, and here she comes, setting her little crutches out and giving her a little leg a swing. And when she got up, I just stood still and see what she's going to do. I love children, so she got up real close to me, and she looked at me. She set her little crutches so she could hold on them. And she looked down. She didn't raise her head. And she took a hold of my coat, pulled it up and kissed my pocket, and dropped it back down like that. And she looked up to me in them little baby blue eyes with tears running off her cheeks. She backed off like his, pulled her little dress out and said, Gitas. And I found out she's a little war orphan. Her father and mother was killed in the Russian war. And looking at her, I said, oh, sweetheart, God bless your little heart. I said, you're healed. But she couldn't understand what I was saying. 
I know God would respect faith like that. I said, you're healed, honey. And then the soldier kept pushing me on. And I went on in. And that night, the people, one of the things that happened, they just throw away their crutches and wheel back their chairs and things. You've seen the pictures in the voice of healing. It's armloads of crutches and clubs. And, and I said, let's call just a few more. My brother said, Billy, you remember a long time overseas. Got to get out of here. But I wasn't completely gone yet. So I said, just a few more. And by God's great province, I heard a noise and she was the next one to be on the platform. I looked there and I'll tell you, I never had such a feeling. And here she come and she was still crying. And I said, Sister Isaacson, come near. I said, quote my words, repeat my words. And I said, God bless you, honey. You're the little girl that was out in the hall a while ago when I come in. I said, Jesus Christ has already healed you, sweetheart. When you go over there and have you sit down and have someone take those braces off and you put your hands on your little hip. And when they move this shoe and brace off of you, let your hand slip just about the same distance that your leg is sharp. And then let me see you. I said, call the next case. And some of the Finnish brethren got over there and said, oh. And the other lady was standing there. And the diagnosis of the uh, discernment of the lady was coming forth, you know, uh, giving the discernment. And all at once I heard a scream. And here she comes. Crutches and braces over her head running just as hard as she could go just as normal and well as anybody. Up and down them steps she went around and around. Marvelously healed. What is it, friends? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Be humble. Let yourself be the lowest of all. Don't ever exalt yourself. If you do, you're going to become a base. Humble yourself and God will lift you up. Don't figure that God owes you anything. Remember, you owe Him all. And we're not under obligation. God's not under obligation to us. Uh, We're under obligation to God. And love Him with all your heart. Believe on Him and God will bless you, I'm sure, while we bow our heads. Father, oh, when I think of that scene that I've just reviewed again, thinking of that poor little thing come dragging out of that room. In her respects, her love, you said, in so much as you've done unto the least of these, my little ones, you've done it to me. And she had respects, Lord, of what had been told her, that you were with us and was healing the people. And she loved you, Lord, and the only way she could express her love was to try to love your servant. And oh, God, grant this to me, will you? If I'm privileged to cross the border on that day when you call in the righteous, and if I found favor with you that day that I can touch your feet, crawl off somewhere, Lord, grant that I can stand with that little girl. I may never see her again in life's journey. That little boy, you know all about it, Lord. I can just see the vision now when you showed me that little fellow, seeing his little bare legs laying there and how he was all broke up. I remember the vision. I remember quoting it before tens of thousands of people. 
And how standing there that day when the Holy Spirit came down, I'm a very illiterate person, Lord. I would have never known that. I'd have passed on by it if it hadn't been for your sovereign grace to speak to me then and reveal it. There it is. After you shown it to me, I were too dumb, Lord, too ignorant to know of it. So sense-bound. God, have mercy upon us poor mortals. And have mercy on me, Lord. And I pray tonight that something will happen tonight here in some manner. Now, you said in your word, Jesus, that what things we desired when we prayed to believe we received them. And dear God, I was one night missing in this meeting, not because I wanted to, but Lord, you know, for some reason, maybe if I'd have come on, something would have happened. You had to hold me back to save me from an accident or something. I don't know. You're leading, Lord. But I pray that you help these people. And tonight I'm asking you, and I believe that you're going to hear my prayer, and you're going to answer. Will you give us a great outpouring of your blessings? Just shake everyone, Lord. And may something be said or done somewhere that would cause the people to just throw away their prayer cards and receive you as their healer. And the people here on these cots and stretchers and chairs and many of those who are in dying conditions, may from this hour on they be made well by accepting Jesus Christ. Stretch forth his holy hands to heal tonight, Lord. Send your angel from heaven that he might anoint your servant with that spirit of the prophetic being that would show things which was and things to come. That I might declare you before the people, saying that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Lord who know where Nathaniel was and how that he prayed under the tree and at how that the woman at the well had the husbands, the fish that had the coin in his mouth, where some mules were standing where two ways met. Oh, you know all things, Father. Pray that that same Spirit will be here tonight and be in our midst and will help us and bless us. Increase the faith of all of us. Encourage your ministers. God, that when they return from this meeting, that they'll have divine healing services in every one of their churches. And may we all get a fresh baptizing of the Spirit. For we ask it in the name of Jesus, thy Son. Amen. said he gave out prayer cards H today, 1 to 50. Well, I don't know where to call. Let's call from 20 and 10 is 30, from 20 to 35. That would be how many? 20? 15, that's all right. All right, 20 to 35. Let them line up in their numbers here. 
Now, if any of you that's got on the cots or stretchers or anywhere or can't get up has got that prayer card, hold up your hand like that. When your number comes, an usher will bring you to the platform. If you're unable or too weak to raise up, you just wait till your number. We'll begin at 20. And if you're 25, you wait till four passes, and then the next fifth one is yours. Raise up your hand, and an usher will pack you to the platform. Now, I say this, that God alone, God is the only one who can heal. We're aware of that, aren't we? He is the one who heals. And I pray that God will heal every person in here tonight. When the people are brought to the platform, that doesn't mean that they're healed. There's several passes over the platform and doesn't get healed. I know two or three, I know myself in the beginning, that has not been healed that passed the platform. And I, I have nothing to do with that. The only thing I can do is tell them they have to have faith. But when you hear the Spirit of the Lord pronounce them healed and tell them what's going to be, you mark that down. That'll be that way. Because I'm not responsible for it. He's responsible, not me. I'm responsible to come here. It's his business to take care of the rest. Now... When, beg your pardon, you're ready? All right. Excuse me a moment, I'm a little thirsty. Now, you, it's in the prayer line. I want you to look this way. Do you believe with all your heart that what you've been told, that I've told you about the angel of the Lord, is the truth? You do, sir. And you on the platform, lady, you believe. Are we strangers? Are we all strangers? If we are, raise your hands if you're able to raise your hands. We're strangers. We don't know each other. We don't know each other. We're strangers. All right. All right. Now... How many there has not prayer cards? Let's see your hands. Oh, my. The whole solid front. All right. I try to watch, usually, when I go to talking to people, if I keep my eye right on them a few moments, then I see the vision rise up. It just starts from there and just begins to raise into the air. Could I explain that just a moment? I'm looking at the person. If I watch them, and if I contact their spirit, well... Then it looks like I begin to see something coming before me. Maybe I'll see a certain thing, an operation. Maybe I'll have to watch it a few minutes. Maybe the audience will keep real quiet. I can tell what the people's talking about. How many was in Cleveland that night when that woman was standing there and I couldn't get this to leave her? And she was just, I told her she was a little skeptic. And she wouldn't hardly admit she was. In a few moments, I told her to begin to repeat the prayer that she just said before she left the room. Well, you remember that? Hold your hands up if you want. Repeated the same prayer that she said about an hour beforehand, before coming to the meeting, just word by word. I said, who was in the room to hear the prayer? The Holy Spirit. He knows all things, doesn't he? 
But now, sometimes if, if people, if there's noise or excitement or something, the Holy Spirit's very timid. Very timid. Just the least little thing. Grieve it away. And do you realize now, let me show you something that's greater than it was in the days of the apostles. In the days of the apostles, they taken the people aside. Did you know that? And many people say today, when I have them to bow their head, they say it's psychology. Well, then they say, you look at someone. Yeah, you're reading their mind. Well, I wonder if Paul was reading that man's mind when he said, when he looked steadfast at him and like that and said, I perceive you have faith to be healed. I wonder if that was psychology. I wonder if it was psychology when Peter and John passed through the gate called Beautiful said, look on us. No, friends. People get, they just get a ecclesiastical picture of some theological seminary that teaches them so, and they think it has to be that way. God's under no obligation to no theological seminary, just to his word. That's right. They thought they had it figured out the way Jesus is going to come and what he ought to be as a master. But when he come, it was different than what they thought. I ever one reverend. Now you people coming in the line... By God's grace, I will be able maybe to tell you what's wrong with you or so forth. I do not know. But if I, if I don't know, he, if he don't show me, I just have to say, I do not know what's wrong with you. Maybe have a word of prayer for you and let you go on. But if he shows me and he's able to tell what was in your life, he knows what will be in your life. Is that right? Now, sometimes he tells many things. But if he can tell you one thing, he knows all things. Look at the woman at the well. He just said, go get your husband. Told her about her husband. And she told the people in the city that he told her all the things she ever did. <laughs> he never. He just told her one thing she did. But she knew if he knew that one thing, he knew all things. Is that right? But that was just as the father let him know. Now... I tell you, maybe some of you get real provoked at me for taking my time. But friends, uh, that's for a purpose. We're the only one in a hurry. God's never in a hurry. He let the Hebrew children walk right on in the fiery furnace. If we just let him alone, he'll do something for us that'll be more than 300 we could rush through here tonight. Just let him have his way. You look on. Believe and have faith and accept him as your Savior and healer. But I know, brother standing here now, is a Christian man. Or I feel a warm welcome of an embrace of Christianity. Now, sir... You being a stranger to me, me, I knowing you not, you knowing me not, we're just, here is two men. And there's perhaps something wrong with you. If there is, God can reveal that to me. And if he does, I'll be thankful. And I know it would increase your faith. But your healing, of course, would have to come through your accepting of Jesus Christ at Calvary his death, and burial and resurrection. But now when he died and rose again, uh, he 
ascended on high and give gifts to man, but he's the resurrected Christ. He isn't dead. He, he, he rose again. And his power, he promised to be with us, even in us, to the end of the world. That is right. Now, you're conscious that something's going on, sir. Now, to the audience, that light that you see in the picture is real near. A man just as certain is standing there. I've never seen him in my life, but he knows that something's taking place. It's his faith and my faith blending together by the Holy Spirit that's near. Yes, sir. I see you're an extremely nervous person. Isn't that right? And that's caused from a physical ailment which is prostrate glands. Is that true? You've had... You've had Arthur... No, you've had a stroke, haven't you? You've had a stroke. It's something hits you kind of slightly. Never heard... Say, you're a minister of the gospel too, aren't you? I see you standing on a platform. Now it leaves me. Did I tell you? Was that the truth? You heard my voice? But it wasn't me speaking, my brother. Is that true what I said? Come here. Almighty God, the author of life and the giver of all good gifts, send thy blessings upon this man who I bless in thy name. And may this be the sweetest hour of his life. As he's standing here, eternity ripened, his hair is bleached for tomorrow. God grant, Lord, as his gallant soul moves towards you. Thou who stood by Paul and Silas, stand by brother now, and as I bless him as your prophet. May he go from here and be a well man the rest of his days. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you, brother. Go and be made well. All right. Bring the Brother Baxter. I sometimes I try to get my balance, my bearing, you see, before I... If you just know what that does to you. That man that was just prayed for a few moments ago, you, if any of you know him, you, you friends of his or his people, watch him. That man's going to be a big difference in a few hours. <laughs> he's gallant, he's aged. Seems like he... How many knows that man? Seemed like it well mine. Pastor of the Italian Church I just found that out. Oh, the pastor of the Italian Church. Well that's wonderful. What was his what was his discernment? Was it a said he? Oh well praise the Lord, that's fine. Well let's say thank the Lord. I'm glad, dear Pastor. Well God knows I uh, he knows him. I don't, you see. He knows all about him. But I know the man had a, seemed like a wonderful, gallant, 
of faith that reached out there. And I, I know God will honor faith like that. All right. This is how do you do, lady? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you're the patient, and I just want to talk to you just a little bit, lady. Now, you and I are strangers of, of, the, of the journey. But, uh, and you, now, I have no way of knowing anything about you except God will reveal it if we're strangers. Is that right? And then if God will reveal it to me, then you will know that it's, it's the truth then. You know, that's right. And now, you're are aware that something is going on. Of course, like I say, and I've asked the audience to watch the expression on the patient's face. Face. My words sometimes are not exactly when that moves on me. My lips and tongue feel so numb and it's him fixing to speak. You see, I know he'll either speak or show a vision in a few moments because you've believed, lady. You've prayed much for this. You look forward for the time that you could stand here, haven't you? What an hour. What a time that you... I see you, yes. You suffer with something wrong about your head, isn't there, sister? I see you always holding yourself. I'm going to say... I have made a, a headache of some sort. Isn't that right? And that, that has been since you was a child. Isn't that right? And you are... Say, you have been a... You've been a Sunday school teacher or a minister of some sort because I see you with the Bible at the platform. Is that right? God bless you. Something happened then, didn't it? That's when it happened. God bless you. You may go now. God bless you, sister. Everybody say, bless the Lord. Remind me to talk about that. Bring that to my memory again, that case. Good evening, sister. Here stands a woman who really is a good believer. She doesn't say too much about it, but she keeps all of her things to herself. I'm not reading your mind, sister. Yes, you're a very sincere person. You've had trouble, haven't you, sister? You've you have children? Yes. A child. That's when your trouble started. Wasn't that right? It gave you some kind of an infection or an ulcer or something on that side, isn't it? Isn't that right? All right, go home and be well, sister. Jesus. God bless you, sister.
Let's say praise the Lord and God bless you. The Lord Jesus be magnified and blessed in his people, blessed in our hearts as we see him in his power. All right. Brother Baxter, will you bring the lady? How do you do, he says there. Yes. I want the audience to look to her. Something's happening, isn't it, lady? You suffered so much. You've been nervous. That's been for a long time. Have a heart trouble too, don't you? The kidney trouble. Isn't that right? You believe me as his prophet? Come here. The word of God said these signs shall follow them that believe. Do you believe I'm a believer? They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. I go home and be well for you are. God bless you. Let's say praise the Lord. Good evening, sister. Perceive that you are a believer also. You haven't been enjoying good health for some time, have you? Yes. You're anemia. You wouldn't notice by looking at you, but you are. And you had a female trouble that's bothered you a long time, too. Caused you to be sick many times, have headaches and so forth. That's true. Now you can go off the platform, for you have a transfusion tonight coming from God. You're going to be well, sister. God bless you. Let us say praise be to God. How do you do, sister? You believe? I see you're wearing glasses. Do you believe that God sent me to be his prophet? To help you to have faith in his son, Jesus? Satan's just a liar, isn't he, lady? He's been lying to you. And a lot of people don't sympathize with you. They tell you, get next to yourself. But you can't help it because you're nervous, can you? You can't help it because it stigmatized your eyes. But just take off your glasses and go on home because Christ has made you well. All right, everybody say praise the Lord. What do you think, Mother? You believe with all your heart? Just a moment. She's finished. Now, just a second. Let us bow our heads. Almighty God, author of life, have mercy upon this poor, dear woman. Just speaking of her people from across the sea. And here she stands here tonight, suffering, and I have my hands laid on her. 
eternal God, author of life, you who raised one of her kind, that little boy from the dead, and the other little boy, and the little girl, you healed her. Your blessing still rests in Finland. God bless this woman and may her letters cross the sea telling of her being healed. In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask it. Amen. Now, Yumelan Raha, the heart trouble that you had yes. goes from you. You go and be well. In yes. the name of yes. Jesus, uh, God bless you. Let's say praise the Lord. Yes. Say, didn't you have the same thing, didn't you? Heart trouble. Move right on across the platform for Jesus heals you right as you come. Let's say praise the Lord, everybody. That's a way to receive it. Believe. Have faith now. Everyone, don't doubt. All right, lady, you come ahead. What I mean, I'm watching. I'm trying to help you. I, I, with all my heart, I, I love you. That's in the depths of my human heart. I do. And I'm only trying to help you. And don't misjudge me, please. Mm-hmm. Now, there's someone in here knows why I said that, you see. I know what you're thinking about. So, so. All right, sister dear. We be strangers, aren't we, sister? Wouldn't you like to eat like you used to? All right, you can from now on. You can go eat what you want. God bless you, sister. Let's say praise the Lord Jesus. Have faith in God. All of you out there pray. I trust. Now, I haven't seen exactly no certain one healed. But I've seen many things happen along there. It seems like back in this section, back in this, the way somebody's trying to bleed behind me, it even turns me around once in a while. So I have faith in God. Mm-hmm. All right. Get ready to bring the person. All right, sister dear. Do you believe with all your heart? Do you believe that this spirit that's now moving on the platform is the spirit of God? I believe that. Do you believe that? See, I asked you this not to get you to believe me, but here's what the angel of the Lord, the first thing he said to me. I am sent from the presence of God, of Almighty God, to tell you that your peculiar birth and life has been to indicate that you are to take this gift of divine healing to the peoples of the world. And said, if you'll be sincere and get the people to believe you, nothing shall stand before your prayer. Now, to get the people to believe me, and that's the reason I just, I ask you, or when you come up, I feel the welcome spirit of being a Christian. I know you believe God then. Then the next thing, if I speak my own personal, what I represent, then I feel that reaction whether you really believe that or not. It's only a test. But you believe me as his prophet, don't you? 
because your heart trouble had already left you when you got here, sister. You can go off the platform and be healed. God bless you. Let's say praise the Lord. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Well, don't let Satan fool you anymore, see, because you're all right. Just that trouble you had in the wreck shuck you up a little bit. You're going to get over that nervousness. Come here. Thank God. Almighty God, author of life and giver of every good gift, send thy blessings upon my brother. And may this power that's trying to hold him now, may it turn him loose. Satan... In the name of Jesus Christ, let this man go. Come out of him. Go off here, rejoice and happen. Never think about it no more, brother. Go on. All right. Let's say praise the Lord. How'd he do? Like get over the asthma, wouldn't you? Just go ahead and praise the Lord and tell him that you believe with all your heart and you shall have what you've asked for. God bless you. Let's say praise the Lord. Insulin is an awful thing, isn't it, for diabetes, but uh, one shot from Calvary takes care of it. Praise the Lord, scribble arthritis and so and God has made her well. Say praise the Lord. Blessed be the name. Come, brother. Have faith, everybody. Let's say glory to God. Praise his name. Oh, it's evil. You believe it all? You believe that God will give you your Thank you, Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thou demon come from man. Bless the Lord. You all right? Amen. 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 You're healed, my brother. Go off the platform, hearing normally. See? Let's say praise the Lord. Are you believing? I guess that's the end of the line. Let the audience look this way now. How many there have since you say prayer cards? Let's see your hands go up everywhere where you have it. That's right, all right. Now I just want to talk to you just a little. Or calling another line. Let's see, maybe the Holy Spirit will just speak to us out there without calling a line. That would be better, maybe. All right, you look this way and we won't need any line. I just, just want to watch for, I try to be just as sincere. Let the Holy Spirit draw me wherever he wants me to go to. See? And we're not trying to watch the audience or talk to them as they do one by one on the platform. But where it seems like it, he's calling me. Little lad, what do you think about it? Believe with all your heart? Aren't you trying to contact me by some cause? Was you trying for me to speak to you? There's at least a dozen in there pulling. Stand up just a minute. Oh, yes. 
The little lad there, Dad, I've just seen the vision right beside of him. I can see just who he is. Just a moment. I'll get to you in just a second, brother. I can see you. Oh, yes. It's a rupture, hernia. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? All right, go home, little boy. Believe with all your heart, Jesus Christ, to make If you believe, God, that arthritis leave, you can walk away from there tonight. Just have faith. You believe? You believe? All right. As you have believed, so be it. Say just a moment. You, the mother sitting there, looking this way, very saintly looking woman. I see something dark hanging over. It's a, oh yes, it has, it's a cancer. Isn't that right, lady? Stand up just a minute. He knows his time has come. You believe me as his prophet, as God's prophet, you do that, go home and be well from that cancer. It leaves you. I've seen a dark spirit rise from her. She, her prayer, you've been sitting there praying, haven't you, lady? Wanting to be healed. The lady sitting right there next to you seems like she's deeply interested in something. What do you think, lady? You believe that? You know the lady sitting next to you? You don't know her. You're just so happy knowing that she got healed. Is that right? Uh huh. You suffer with a heart trouble, don't you? Isn't that right? All right. Stand up on your feet. Receive your healing from Jesus Christ in the name of the Lord. Now, this is strange to her. She don't know what to do about it. Something happened right... Wait a minute. Right there by our seat has something else. I believe the lady sitting right next... Did you have a heart trouble too? A rheumatic heart or something like that? Stand up. You got healed also, sister. Stressed. Fooled you, didn't it? Now, I'll tell you what you women do. You go to full gospel church and serve God the rest of your life. Amen. And receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. God bless you. Let's say praise be to God. What about you with the handkerchief up to your face there, lady? Yes. you like to get over that tumor, wouldn't you? Is that right? If you believe with all your heart, you can stand up on your feet and be made well of that tumor in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's say praise the Lord. He's here to heal. In the sections this way somewhere. Somebody look this way. Believe with all your heart. Just a moment. I'm looking over these cases in here. I'll get to you and I want to get out in the audience where the things they see you're crippled. See, but I want to get to you just in a moment. Back over in here somewhere, believe. Wherever the Holy Spirit may lead me, may His Spirit guide and direct me now. Of course, sometimes it hits in a section. If I can get talking to a certain... Lady? Kind of an... Middle-aged woman, put your hand to your mouth just then. Aren't you suffering? Don't you have something wrong with you? 
Are you here as a patient? Maybe she doesn't hear just well. I can't tell what. Oh, yes, it is. Uh-huh. It's not hearing. You're just hearing a rebound. You hear me all right now, don't you? Yeah. You, yes, you have uh, something wrong. It's scientists or something in the head. Isn't that right? <laughs> That's right. All right. Go home. And, you accept your healing? Go home and be well in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. The lady sitting next to you looking this away. Yours is inward trouble, isn't it? Eternal. Art, raise up and receive your healing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Who's that put their hand up just behind you there? Let's see what the lady there. All right. With a red dress on. Sitting there. What about you, lady? Do you believe with all your heart? Oh, yes. You have vericoise veins you're trying to get rid of. Isn't that right? May the Lord Jesus send his blessings upon you. Bless you. All right. Just a minute. Let me look down through this cripple line here. You on the stretcher there. I can't heal you, lady. You in the chair sitting here. You be irreverent now. I just want to talk to you a minute, starting from that side, coming down this way. Do you believe me as God's prophet? I've never seen you in my life. We're strangers. What do you think of these meetings? You believe they're sent from God? You do? You're just a little excited. You can be healed if you believe. You, you believe it? I'm speaking to the lady like, yes. You do? You accept me as his prophet? You do. Would you obey me as his prophet? Two burglar has bound you, hasn't sister? Isn't that true? Rise up and be healed. Who's this other one on a stretcher? Look this way, sir. I don't want to see what's wrong with you. Oh, 